0: All right, can's on, mic's up, level's good. You got me over there? All right, let's roll.
1: This is Booth the Booth, your direct line to the latest in home voiceover production with your favorite home VO experts throughout the industry, all across the internet, and all around the world. Booth the Booth is brought to you by the Narrowband Broadcast Network, NBBN. The focus is on you. By Andrew Scott Media, making your media matter. By Booth Stuff, unique VO fashion and swag that's as loud and proud as you are. And by the kind support of our viewers and listeners all around the world via Kofi. Kofi, helping you give back to the creators that help you the most. The session clock is running and all the mics are hot, so let's patch in and get this session started. Here's your host, VO coach, narrator, and producer, Andrew Scott. And hello
0: and welcome to Booth to Booth. I am your host, Andrew Scott. And today I'm being joined by, well, everybody's, what do we want to say, favorite mic'd up mic- on the mic we're talking <laughs> with we're talking with youtube's own booth junkie mike del mike how you doing i'm doing great Andrew. thank you so much for having me man this oh, is no, a pleasure to be here me, man. that's i really appreciate you making the time to come and talk Mike's with us but yeah. for some people i mean this is kind of like trying you know somebody asking where's the sun um <laughs> if if you haven't seen mike on youtube Mike, why don't you give people a little bit of background on
2: you and uh a little bit of an origin story sure so my name is mike Delgadio. i go by the handle booth junkie uh you'll find me on youtube where i help uh, new and aspiring voice actors set up their home studio uh, learn about microphones and interfaces and how to operate the stuff to make your journey to become a voice actor Uh, a little bit easier. I hope, hopefully learning from some of the mistakes that I've made. I've been a working voice actor now for about 10 years, been full-time for the past few years and just trying to pay forward with my YouTube channel and and all the stuff I put out, just trying to pay forward all, all of the stuff that I've learned to try and make it easier for the next, for the next guy or gal who's, who's trying to learn how to make money with their voice.
0: Well, and that's something because, you know, none of us got here on our own. Nobody was for born sure. with a microphone in their hand, and I'm sure their mothers are thankful for that. <laughs> but um, where did you really uh, come into the voiceover business?
2: Where What was your path in? My path in um, was, uh, I guess it's maybe 10 or 12 years ago. I've sort of lost track, but maybe, maybe let's call it 10 years ago. I started out, I'd always had aspirations to do voice work. Like when I was a kid um, in the eighties, that's how old I am I, in the eighties and early nineties, I wanted to be a voice on television. I actually thought I wanted to be a radio DJ because people, even in high school, like you've got a voice for radio. And that's when I thought I was, I thought my career path was going to take me to the radio world. I'm sort of grateful that it didn't. Um, but I, I, once I went into the corporate world and got a real job and started to, you know, Sit at a desk and do some work. I always kind of had it in the, on the back burner that I'd like to do that. Back when podcasts were first invented, right? I recorded, you know, a, a few dozen episodes of a podcast whose name I will never utter. <laughs> I, I, it, as, I, I know, the internet doesn't forget, but hopefully, it's ninety nine percent gone because I, I was recording it little, on, literally on like a Radio Shack headset mic. I always oh, wanted to right talk on microphone, right? Yeah, and and I, and I really, I really enjoy it. I enjoy. Teaching, um, I really enjoy the the process of uh, uh, of teaching people. So being perf- performing is not the right word word, but being in front of a group of people and 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 talking about things has always come pretty comfortably to me. Anyway, so did a lot of that in my corporate work, and then I moved, uh, I relocated to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hmm. A decade ago. I forget exactly how long it's been. Uh, And I was going to, I wanted to meet some new people in my new city. And so I decided to take a class and normally I would take a class like, you know, black and white photography, something like that. Uh, And there was a class at this, at this school and it was called the art and business of voiceover. I was like, ah, a microphone. I'll do that course. And uh, they they put us into a studio on the very first night, and I got to hear myself on the and the big Pro Tools setup with the big monitors Ooh. and this big control room. I had never really been in a real studio before, and this was in a real studio. And when I heard myself, I was like, "Oh, wait, is that me? Is that what I sound like?" Because they had it all sweetened and everything. I was like, "Yes, yeah." And and that night, I I literally I went on Craigslist that night and like. Is this microphone still available bought it the next day and i've recorded literally 99 and a half percent of the days um, something whether it's for for recreation or for for personal betterment or for a paying customer i've recorded every day since i literally fell in love with it at that moment and never looked back
0: yeah it is kind of a and the rest they say is history (laughs) history moment yeah, yeah the first time you ever get it in a real studio With real acoustic treatment and real gear and real preamps and a real mic, it is a quantum change. You know, for me, it was always, I knew I wanted to do this much like you and, um, I always knew that the, the greatest impediment was the hard disks didn't spin fast enough when I wanted to get into it. I was all still <laughs> down to tape. And um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it really can be a light bulb moment for people. And that's why I always encourage people, if you have the ability to go and experience it first, by all means do. But understand, you will come away a junkie. <laughs> for sure. I know and I yes, did. that was a I little bit of I a did. brand push there. I'll <laughs> I'll admit that. So, we're going to be talking primarily about microphones today, which is obviously surprising no one. Yeah. But yeah. um really what was your first grown-up microphone? What was the first microphone that really got you going where you said I can do professional level work with this.
2: Yeah, yeah. I lucked out right in the very beginning. I went to that ad on Craigslist was for a, um a a CAD uh, original CAD E100 which I still have right over there.
0: And that's the question that was way down on my list, but I'm going to get to it right now. Yeah. Man, what is it about those OG
2: E100s? I don't know, man. They've they've got a they've got a really oh man, it's just what fell? What I fell in love with at the beginning is how I I sounded big, and the word I like to use is muscular. I sound very, you know, muscular. Sounded yeah. like me, but it sounded like a better version of me.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, the me you want to be when you wake up from that yeah. dream. Going, man, I wish I still sounded right. like that. No, right? Those, uh, I don't know what it is about that. I think it might have to do with the uh, the capsule material, the the kind little capsule. material that they have it's a unbelievable. I, for me, it's you, you say muscular. I say, because my, I tend to be pretty throaty. Mm. It, it's a richness. It's yeah. a fullness. It's like the maximum it's everything you've wanted out of your voice. Yeah. Yeah. With it's, a it's, flat it's, response. And I, I mean,
2: didn't know that I, I just bought, like I did some, some quick research and people were talking about, you know, the I looked at a bunch of different microphones that first day, and the first, you know, there was, oh, yeah, the Caddy 100 should be affordable, and blah, blah, blah. There were a couple of different microphones. And I went on to Craigslist, and there was one. And so that's the one I bought. I There's
0: always like, a desperate guitar player who needs to pay the rent and is ex- getting rid of something exactly. in order to keep
2: a roof over his head. Exactly. I've,
0: I have capitalized. <laughs> I am in the
2: studio that Craigslist built in more yeah. ways than Oh all. yeah. And totally, but, totally. Totally, totally, totally. My, so, my whisper room was a Craigslist. Right. And oh, that's
0: yeah. just it. That's one of the greatest things that you can get through to an aspiring VO person's head is don't buy the newest and the greatest and the freshest and the shiniest. go buy something used, uh, as was stated in my book. And as I often tell people, I made my first 250 bucks using a used $30 blue snowball microphone. And yeah, that nice. was used for a national PSA for a government agency. Nice. And so just, yeah, just start where you are, start where you're at with what you can afford. Because you'll always be able to grow into it. And we'll get to more questions like that. For sure. Um, One of the things that I really wanted to check in with you on, and one of the things I really respect about what you do with booth junkies is you never go, A is better than B, or yes, go do buy this right now. Or this is just garbage. You know, your boilerplate wrap up on things is, but what do you think? Mm-hmm. and uh, I really respect that. I know that a lot of your viewers really respect that approach, and we're going to be diving into that. But one of the things that I enjoyed the most about a number of your videos is the times when a piece of gear, particularly a microphone, totally surprises you and completely exceeds your expectations. Yeah. And, you know, two that really jump out to me um, one of them is the uh, original TechZone Stellar X2, mm-hmm. and the other one is the Cinco <laughs> 2D shotgun microphone, it, 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 yeah, which yeah. which I happen to have one of because a friend of mine who I d- <laughs> hadn't met yet recommended it, and I ran out and bought one because I sold my Sennheiser when I was desperate. Yeah. So um, you know, watching you light up when something really exceeds your expectations, or when you had no expectations and just still kind of had your ears blown Mm -hmm. um what's been doing that for you recently what are some of the things that have really kind of surprised you by way of microphones because before we were we were talking before the show um you know we were both saying how the price for quality and the bang for buck has really kind of
2: slid in the last two or three years yeah, it it really has, and I and I think what what has, and I'm not sure if there's anything that's like brand new. That's like, oh my god, the thing that came out this week is the thing. Mm. There's a couple of things that I think have been have been really impressive. It is the the three to five hundred dollar microphone range? I think is absolutely the the sweet spot. Oh yeah, um, maybe three to maybe eight hundred. Yeah. dollars is could be the could be the the last mic you 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 ever really need yeah you can get a forever mic for 500 bucks oh, these yeah. days oh yeah easy uh and so I, I think just the general I think the attention that's paid to the circuitry that goes into the microphones to try and make to try and maximize the inexpensive capsules has really uh has really sort of changed the game right because you could get the the inexpensive capsules what is it the the 87 style capsules yeah and without the right circuitry, they can just like it fry your ears. They're
0: like, yeah, the or they responses. can still sound like garbage. They can, yeah. Sound, I mean, yeah. just because it's an eighty-seven style means nothing. It means is, nothing. It's how much voltage you pump into yeah, it and yeah. across. Yeah. So there's right? a number of different things that go into it.
2: And I think, I think maybe it's you know doing part to like the the mic parts guy where all of a sudden we realize you know we can make these mics sound good there's there was the the popular like the octava mods and michael Jolie who was mike who was modifying mm-hmm. these really inexpensive mics to make yeah. them sound i mean i have my i have my Jolie mic right here that can make them sound world class and then i think some of the manufacturers said well hey maybe that isn't <laughs> that expensive to do and so you end up with you know some of these microphones the stellar x2 being being one of them that you know still is incredibly affordable the original version sounded really great i haven't i haven't uh, i haven't spoken to them in a long time i presume they're still making the same the same microphone but that microphone when i first got it it looked just like a you know a cheap cheap one yeah but when i heard it i was like they they paid attention to what to what yeah, they were doing yeah they put
0: they put the money where it's important, whatever they whatever they yeah. were doing, and I think you're doing. right. I think this whole um, garage hot rod modding of microphones it's it's almost like a, a, a couple secrets obviously leaked out into the world somewhere, and a couple very clever people went, "Oh, wait a minute! You mean I can take a Harlan Hogan and make it sound like a U eighty yeah. seven with this capacitor and this right. resistor and jumping this thing here?" Right. And yeah, it is. It is it's turning into a thing, but I think more importantly, what you said earlier is really what I try to get across to people. And that is you do not need to mess with your mortgage to get a mic. That's quality enough for you to actually be doing national or, I mean, I don't even say national work anymore because the word national means virtually nothing these days, right? You know? Um, but the, the, the quality for dollar is, kind of bananas if you would have told me back when I was 22 years old and a sound engineer in a studio that you'd be able to get something that sounded like a 103 for Mm -hmm. $200 yeah it you know it it, it's something where I just want people to pump the brakes and understand kind of the the order of operations in which you should be pursuing it that leads me to another question Mm -hmm. and that is this I know for a fact you and I are cut from the same cloth in this regard, and that is your mic means a lot less than you think, especially when you're starting out. For sure, and there yeah. is definitely <laughs> uh, there's 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 definitely something to be said for don't go out and buy a 103
2: unless you have the environment yeah to support it. Yeah, for sure. I know. I know. Certainly, when I've coached people, there have been a lot of people who are like, I went out and and spent a grand or more on a microphone only to find out they're using like PVC and thin, you know, their grandmother's crocheted Afghan as their booth. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're out of sequence here. Those professional, you know, upper echelon high-end theory mics, they're going to only reveal more about the imperfections of your, of your booth, of your environment. They are far less forgiving, uh, and you don't necessarily need to go up into that. I, I remember it, very early on there was a, when I was when I was coaching and and helping people. There was a, a YouTuber who shall remain nameless, um, but he was making money hand over fist on YouTube. Right? And He's like, Mike, I want to know what the absolute best best Mike money can buy. What should I? He's like, I got all the money I need. What should I go? I was like, Well. Every studio I've ever been to has a Neumann U87 in it. So you could go there. It's like $3,600. It's no problem. And I watched his YouTube channel and it made like a couple of appearances. And then it went right back into a box under yep. the bed. And he went right back to like the NT1 that he, that he was using forever. Or I forget what, you know, he was just using a very basic mic. And it turned out, he's like, that mic did me no favors. That's
0: because that you know, mic. You the most up, expensive. Yeah, that, that might is criteria. picking up the sound of dust running into yeah. each other. I mean, yeah. it's just and and that's just it. I had a student of mine who went out and bought a brand new 103. Yeah, and was just like, you know, we did a we did a session, and I was like, "Is that your washer?" And he goes, "No, that's my." <laughs> neighbor's washer. And I was like, you mean in the apartment next door? And he's like, no, I'm in a freestanding house. <laughs> so, you know, money yeah. doesn't fix everything. There's wisdom yeah. in investing in good equipment, but then yeah. there's also, and this is something that both you and our, our, our good friend Bandrew um, mm-hmm. had pointed out. And that is the law of diminishing returns happens really quickly. Yeah, especially with microphones, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I still take the the tack of if you're going to throw down a lot of money, if you are coming at this from a very serious point uh, upon your first step, invest in your environment before you invest in your gear. Absolutely, it Absolutely. will give you the biggest return for
2: your money. Yeah, when I one of my early videos that I made that got a lot of response from people was I, I did a, a comparison between two microphones, my one Oh three and an AKG perception that came as the bundle deal with when I bought that CAD E 100, he's like, do you want the AKG wow. perception for like another 15 or 25 bucks? It was Not a perception bad. 100. It was, you know, super. I got cheap. one right over on my shelf. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, that's a fantastic mic. nothing wrong mic. with that
0: mic. It's a fantastic mic.
2: And and I did a version where I was like, I put the, the, the eBay, or the Craigslist Special, the AKG Perception in my booth, and I and I put the 103 in my laundry room or in front of my furnace, and I recorded it. And so I was like, see how much the environment makes a difference with yeah. these microphones? It's not a fair comparison. Yeah. Because the environment is like 90, 90% of your sound. Easily, easily. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't want to you know sort of, crap on those more, those super expensive mics. It's just that when you start to get up into that rarefied air, into that upper echelon, know what you're trying to achieve with that microphone. Exactly. Know that the rest of your environment, your chain and all of that stuff can support having the microphone that will either reveal the details or has the special sauce that it has, or, you know, is doing whatever it's doing that justifies that That cost. You got to know why you're buying it.
0: And the thing I always tell people is, you know, my rubric is if you can't pay for the new mic you want in one VO job, you're probably either a not ready for it, or b you don't really need it yet. That's you know that's a pretty good that's a pretty good metric. Well, I tell you what, folks, we're going to jump away to a very quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to dive into some of our email. And questions from the peanut gallery, or in this case, from the booth camp. But I'm Andrew Scott, and that, of course, is Mike Delgadio, And we'll be back in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Booth to Booth is brought to you in part by BoothStuff.com, the home of the world's most unique VO casual fashion and swag. You know, this thing that we do is pretty unique. So slap on a BoothStuff T-shirt that tells the world or you know your cat but being in a tiny room by yourself is where you truly belong shirts hats pants mugs and more well not a lot more actually that's pretty much it anyway boothstuff is the one and only home for vocentric swag that lets the world know what you do with that
2: mouth of yours
0: so head on over to boothstuff.com and get something that shows the world who you are and what you love to do
2: boothstuff.com Loud and proud.
0: And hello, and welcome back to Booth to Booth. I am Andrew Scott, and I am patching into Mike Delgadio. and now we're switching tack a little bit here, Mike, and... I have, uh, and for all you people, there's going to be a link down here. I run a Discord server for my uh, channel, and I invite you all to show up. Mike's going to have a link to his Discord server as well down in those links below. But uh, we've got some questions from some of my Discord users, and the first one we're going to start off with is from uh, Gwen Steele, and Gwen asks... Most of the mic shootouts that you see on YouTube are feature male voices, feature cis male voices. Sometimes there might be a woman, but they're normally singing, which really doesn't apply. Are there any good resources for finding mics for VO people that suit female
2: presenting voices? So what are your thoughts on that? That's actually a really interesting question. Uh, And I I don't think there are. I I honestly think that there's an opportunity there. And we can talk about it. Uh, But most of the mic reviewers, a lot of the tech reviewers, uh, they tend to be guys. They tend to have guy voices. And I think that's a void that tends to be out there. And it probably matches up with like when, I don't know about yours, Andrew, but my YouTube statistics reflect that my audience is like 95, 98%. I'm right right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe it's because we're just Men ourselves that that's who we attract, but I do think that there's a real opportunity. There are a number of really talented voice actresses out there who are doing really interesting thing things on YouTube, but they're not really like gear reviewers. At least not that I'm not that I'm aware of. Um, so I actually think that you can maybe make some correlations between what you hear with the with the male reviewers. And try and make some connections to how your voice might sound, right? Because there's, it would either be a bassy mic or a very bright mic. And uh, there are some male voices that are higher or lower. You might be able to make some correlation. But Gwen, go out there. You have a mic? Go make a couple of videos about your mic and why it's good or not good for a, a female voice. I really think that there's a great opportunity. And you'd probably get a lot of those other tech reviewers going, and for a female sound of the voice, go and yeah, exactly. <laughs> listen to that channel I over mean, there. Look, there, neither I will be
0: perfectly upfront with the audience. Uh, Mike and I know each other previously, and the whole YouTube realm is nothing but nepotism. We just, you know, are really quite yeah. all in each other's bubble, uh, which I feel adds uh, adds richness because, as you just said a lot of times we'll throw it over to somebody else that we know that does the thing that we can't in order to have it be, you know, a data point and share that knowledge and get that experience out there. Um, But, you know, Gwen, I agree with you as well. And I am going to be trying to do something about it because I do have the facilities to do so. My wife is a voice talent and there's no good reason for her not to plop down here when I'm doing a mic shootout as well. So, um, yeah. Madison Cannon brings up uh, a good question that I would like your opinion on, and that is, how do you know when you've crossed the line of diminishing returns when you're buying gear? Now, both of us suffer from a bad case of gas. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but for sure. really, kind of where,
2: where 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 does that line happen? Well, I think you know, for, from my perspective, there's a couple of there's a couple of different things that I pay attention to, and one is, does the mic have the build quality that's that feels like it's going to last you for four or five years, right? If you mm-hmm. get four or five years out of a microphone, you're doing great. If you get 4 or 5 years out of a microphone chances are you're going to get 24 or 25 years. <laughs> I mean, microphone. what are you doing in your studio where you're wearing through your microphones? Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. If you're not, if you're mistreating them, if you're it's really high humidity or something right. like that, you may be damaging the microphone. But chances are if you get a microphone that's that you're happy with for years, you're going to make it last a lot longer. I think it's just like anything else, it's about getting to know the the microphone, getting to know its foibles, getting to know how it works. And, and if you get to the point where you're comfortable with it, you may be able to keep it forever. If it feels cheap, if it feels like it's falling apart, if it makes too much noise when nobody's speaking into it, if it, you know, if it's got a background hiss, if it's got clicks or pops, then you got to move that piece of, uh, that piece of hardware out and find something that is going to to be a, a bit more robust. But really once you find that, I think of it as, as like any other instrument. You don't become a good guitar player by hoarding 50 different guitars. You might only need one guitar and you know how to make that guitar do everything that you can make it do. For many of us, we have to learn how to make our microphone do whatever it is that we want, want to make it do. And as you get to know it and get to know how to perform for it or around it or near it or whatever, then you will have found your forever, your forever microphone. You don't need I, to collect many microphones.
0: I think you you brought up a really good point that's not in my my bullet point list of things to ask Mike Delgadio, but we're going to do it now. And that is, you know, and we'll we'll point to the question that everybody thinks should be asked and a number of people here have. And that is, how do I find the right microphone for my voice? Mm. And now... You and I both know that that's an impossible question to answer, it but is. really what you just brought up is to me, the key to unlocking that problem. And that is when you have enough experience on mic, when you have enough experience engineering your own voice, and when you have enough experience understanding what clients in the market demand regarding your audio fidelity, any mic can work if you know how to adjust yourself to right. that microphone. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yep, I, I agree. Now, it, from there, you can say, well, there are some things that you might be able to look at at the, at the tech specs to know if that mic is going to be harder to work with than others. The things that come to mind is uh, um, if you have a sibilant voice, right? you've got a super sharp S maybe the microphone that you want to avoid is the really hyped up, super present microphone, right? So if, if the if the reviewer say, this has got a very present um, uh, response or you look at the the response graph and it's got that great big hump right up where, the, where your S sound is, maybe that's not a microphone that's going to help you. If you've got a super bassy voice, maybe a wider cardioid pattern would help tame the proximity effect so it doesn't sound like you're talking uh, in a boxy room or it it wouldn't add additional muddiness to your voice. There's probably some things in the, in the tech specs that can help guide you towards certain features for the mic, but there is no like one mic for one voice.
0: Yeah. And, uh, my user, Mike Cole did ask that very question. Is there any real way to look at a tech spectrum, a frequency response curve from a microphone and really know
2: that it's going to work for a given voice. I think it's less for when I think about that question, I think it's it's less about the given voice. Although, like I said, if you've got, you know, if you're it's if you're very, very bassy, then certain things might, you know, maybe you want something at least with that high, you know, that high pass filter, so you could roll off some of that bass if you if you need right. to. Um, chances are you're going to be able to fix a lot of that stuff in software, sure. Um, but things like things like the pattern of the microphone, right? The narrower that pattern, the more proximity effect it's going to demonstrate. So if it's a very wide cardioid, much less proximity effect. Much, you know. But if it's a hypercardioid, more proximity effect. Um, it, it, does it have bass response? Is it from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz, or does a does it have a natural roll off? in the bass? Or is it boosted in the bass? Or is it very, very present on the highs? Or is that graph flat? You can get some sense of how that microphone is going to perform. But I, so many of those microphones, if it's a really good microphone, you're going to get the individual frequency response graph for that mic, but you're not mm-hmm. going to get that until you bought it. Right. <laughs> and for all the other ones, you're going to get a general idea of what that thing is. And then... It, it, What's really hard about that is depending on the microphone, depending on the capsule, depending on the pattern, the higher frequencies tend to be more like a hypercardioid pattern, whereas the bass tends to be much more omnidirectional and they'll have different responses at different frequencies. So if you have the microphone but you talk off to the side of it by a few degrees Yeah. that can significantly impact a completely affect the, different the microphone at that point it it, it really could be yeah. some are some are more forgiving of really wide some are much more much less forgiving of, of um, as you move off axis so the whole the one microphone could sound way different in lots of different situations and then if you stick that corn if you stick that mic in the corner of your booth or in the corner of right. your room or, or up against a flat center,
0: wall or yeah i mean
2: so many variables. There are and that, so
0: many variables. And again, that goes back to, you know, what I said earlier, and that is you, most people are surprised when they finally understand that you can change the tonality and the color and the presence of a microphone by how you address it. If yeah. I were all up on this mic, like Howard Stern, I'm going to sound like Howard Stern. Right. But if I am treating the microphone and its placement in a different way, or I'm baffling behind it, I can take away some of that proximity effect, or I can enhance some of the air in a microphone. And that stuff comes down more than anything to the user understanding what their voice looks like on a spectrum. And I cannot encourage people enough to do a good spectral analysis of their standard voice so that they can, then they can look at a mic graph and go, you know, there's a big boost between 10 and 12 K and that's going to make my
2: S blow up. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I'm sorry, just one more more sidebar with that. If if you think about, you know, translating like what, if you've ever watched like me, I, I geek out on, on lots of different mic related stuff. And I've, I've watched videos where uh, you know, an engineer will show how he mics a guitar cabinet and like has to draw a grid on the, the cabinet of the, 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 the amplifier, the amp cabinet. Mm-hmm. And it's like I move it to the left. I move it to the left and the the mic will sound different depending on how it is in front of the cone. Well, the mic might perform different if it's right in front of your mouth, just above your head, just below your head, pointed up, up your nose or down towards your chest. Like all of these things, they all, they all come into play. I can't agree more. Uh, my user
0: rain dog. Now that we're talking about mic placement, uh, brings up something interesting. Anthony asks, so I have a condenser and a shotgun. Mm-hmm. What's the logic of choosing one over another based on the type of VO work?
2: I'm gonna assume he means like a large diaphragm. Yeah, exactly. Cardioid.
0: I'm I'm thinking. I mean, I Mike. know what he has. I've seen the inside of his booth. So yeah, 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 he's talking about a a good old studio, you know, cardioid condenser versus a pencil shotgun.
2: Yep. So you you may need both. You may not need both. You might be able to get the same out of out of either. You don't necessarily need to have both. Some of the things that people like about shotguns is they do have certain shotguns. I can't generalize for every shotgun because right. like shotguns are just as different as the regular uh, cardioid or the regular um, studio mics. Uh, but I think, you know, for things like... Um, either the, the Cinco that you have or the deity microphones or the Sennheiser 416 that I have, or a Sheps microphone, um, they will have different proximity effects. That very narrow pattern tends to have a good proximity effect. Um, at least the the 416 tends to be flattering for a lot of at least male voices because they can get right up on there. They can chew Mm -hmm. on it and it, and it sounds, it sounds really good. So it's very, very voice of God. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's got some of that but you know it's also got just those right frequencies in there that give it that special sauce so it cuts through the the mix you know cuz yeah. maybe it's 2 or 4k maybe it's got a little a little boost and and that can cut through uh but you know for a long time the only mic that really sat in my booth was my 416 and I didn't I maybe didn't need to use my 103 or my E100 and I was doing all kinds of work. It could have been radio commercials. It could have been TV commercials. It could have been just me acting on on a podcast. The but the pattern can can influence the pattern can influence um, what room, h- how your room behaves. Yes. Uh, so I use the shotgun. I'm using the shotgun right now. Uh, because my new room that I'm in is not doesn't have a ton of acoustic treatment, so I'm trying to use the pattern of the microphone to help me. Whereas the wide cardioid or the, or the cardioid patterns can hear the sound bouncing off the walls to my left and right, up and down. The shotgun is a little bit less sensitive to, to that, so the the shotgun might be helping me in in the room in the room itself. So different microphones can be forgiving of of different environments. Um, I also think that the the, the regular studio condensers, um, they can also sound a uh, sometimes a bit more a bit more neutral. So if you are going for something where you're supposed to sound neutral, or you're going to be handing this off to an engineer to be uh, as a character in a podcast or something like that, they may want a much more neutral sound so that they can do stuff to it, put you in a certain room on, yeah. on a on a virtual set, as it were. Um, so there's different, there's different things, but that's, that's sort of what I think about when I, when I think about the logic of choosing, which is <clears throat> what's the intended end use for this. Do I need to sound like the voice of God? Do I want to, you know, have that 416 right up against my mouth so I sound as big and as, as huge as I can? Do I want to sound as natural as I can? do am i looking for some some specific characteristic that that mic can help bring out or am i trying to minimize some characteristic that, that mic can help me hide
0: yeah i uh, again agree 100% and um you know the the one thing that i'm going to throw out there that a lot of people in the vo world are not talking about for some reason or other uh and i feel i kind of feel like it's a little bit of gatekeeping but it's the use of a dynamic mic for vo Hmm? Um I have uh, a number of dynamic mics. This is my podcasting mics, just a good old SM7B. Um you inherited one of my other uh dynamic microphones, my uh my Rode uh Podcaster which yeah. um ha- surprised me from the moment I opened the box um and pulled out that microphone and felt just the incredible build quality of that thing. Yeah. Um you know in when we're talking about home independent VO producers, ninety percent of them are going to be having environmental problems. They are in suboptimal digs for what they're trying to do, and um, there's really been a chain, a sea change in the dynamic mic world the dynamic mic world used to be this very hyped sounding and i mean admittedly i'm running through a roadcaster pro 2 right now so i do have compression on me mm-hmm. but even at the best of times you know an sm7b is going to sound like an sm7b but right. i come from you know the the realm of old school recording studios and i just watched uh, a great a, uh, a, a great interview today by Rick Beato. I'll put a link to it down there I where he interviewed it Yeah, oh, it was Billy saying. Corrigan. <clears throat> yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. What did Billy Corrigan record Siamese dream on? I mean, it, yeah, he said the SM7, SM, uh, yeah, I don't know 7B, but the SM7, <clears throat> right. And I, I want people to understand that. Well, and I mean, you and I are both going to reaffirm this to people and that is The sad truth of the matter is you're never going to know until you're doing it in the space that you're in and are going to be in on the regular. That's really what sets the tone. And it also sets your, your path and your approach into the future, because the mic is going to tell you what it needs. The mic is going to reveal the problems that you're going to be dealing with on the regular. And the mic is going to tell you what to do to fix them. Mm. You need to train yourself to appreciate and understand what that is. But a lot of times especially for people who are doing something, let's say you don't want to do voice acting. Let's say you just want to do straight narration. The only thing you're interested in is an audiobook. Honest to gosh, you can be in a pretty subpar environment with either a good, well-focused shotgun or a dynamic broadcast style microphone and eliminate a lot of your
2: environmental problems with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I always, you know, I think back to like, what was it? The, uh, the SM 57 I think has been the presidential microphone for, (laughs) for like the last 20 years. Everybody from
0: everybody from Reagan on up pretty much. I mean, so, so,
2: and you listen to that, those speeches, you always, you always get, you get good sound and they're super reliable. They cost a hundred bucks. Right. Um, And you know, you've, you've, a million recordings have been made with SM57s on everything from hi hats to drums to guitar sure. cabinets to vocalists to everything. Whole records made with SM57s, ninety nine dollar dynamic microphone. That yep. you know, get the get the fifty eight because it's got the little pop filter on there, and and sure. that could be the only mic that you need if you learn how to use it, and you learn how to be in front of it, and you learn how to, you know do the stuff that you're going to do in your DAW, whether it's compression or equalization, you could make that microphone sound good enough to make money with.
0: And and there's a damn fine reason why this, the both the 57 and the 58 are still two of the most ubiquitous mics on yeah. earth. Yeah. And that is, I uh, seriously, you can, and I remember, uh, last year when you got the box of mystery microphones, mm-hmm. you know, and you pulled a couple out of there that had seen some seriously better days, you know, the, the cages and the crowns on the top are all bashed yeah. and everything. Uh, you know, I had 58s that looked like they were run over by a truck and I'm pretty sure one of them was, you plug that thing in and to laugh still, it off, doesn't care. Still works. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. so as we wrap up here, I want to ask, uh, really when it comes to the mic that you should be aiming yourself at, what are two or three of the most significant buying considerations, both by way of mic quality and then also some, some other things? Uh, you know, I had somebody, uh, uh, my, one of my users asked, uh, about mic arms. And if you have anything to say about that, um, now, I mean, my only answer is make sure it holds up your mic. Um, but really, what are the two or three things that you feel a beginning talent should really take into consideration
2: when getting a mic? When get when getting their when they're getting their first mic, don't don't go don't go overboard with it. You know, look in the look in the three to five hundred dollar range and you're gonna you're gonna be fine pretty much across the board with whatever you choose, whether it's from Rode or from Lewitt or from Austrian audio or from any of the microphones and looking over in my cabinet, you know, the (laughs) Aston microphones, the, the stellar microphones, the, um, Lot audio microphones. There's a ton. There's a ton of options. Yeah, we are suffering an embarrassment of riches in the, the mic world lately. There's a there's a and you know it, it helps that all the all the streamers and Twitches people and all the people on YouTube that there's everybody who wants who 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 needs a microphone. There's there's a ton of great microphones out there. Um, so think about a couple of things to think about. One, does it come with the stuff you need and can it accommodate the stuff you need? So talking about microphones, like I was, I just got the, um, the Soyuz 1973, which is this little, if you're watching it, it's this little tiny, tiny microphone. I hate but, you, Mike. <laughs> but it's, it's a uh, mount is. If you're familiar with the old Octava, like 319, mm-hmm. it's yeah, got three nineteen one, same one, it, yeah. which is a very inconvenient. <sighs> I mean, if I had a knock on this microphone, it's very inconvenient. And yet it's so small that you're going to be hard pressed to find an aftermarket sh- uh, p- shock That's mount the same that thing I work.
0: had with the Aston Spirit is the, the that it's direct the to a stand. The, no, the Aston Spirit oh. microphone. I reviews that. I couldn't even get that thing on my, on my boom arm. Because yeah. the uh, XLR jack is so close right, right. to Next the to thread mount, here. because they were advertising it as direct to mount, and I'm like, yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. They're really yeah. close to each other. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you put an adapter in there, and if you have if you have any kind of tightening knuckle on your on your thread mount you're not going to be able to get an XLR cable in there. Right. So those are, that's a, a real consideration is the physical design and ergonomics of the microphone. And then, same thing. Like, like I have, have the, uh,
2: the, the, this is the Austrian audio. This is the OC 16 and it's square and narrow. Mm-hmm. So the shock mount that works for this microphone is Ain't not the same one that works yeah. for this one, and this one is harder to find an aftermarket for the, the rectangular. So if you're listening to it, it's yeah. a, it's narrow and rec, almost rectangular in shape. Um, so those are things that are that are considerations that they're cool. Might make it a little bit harder to use. You might got to buy something extra in order to to make it work. So if you buy like the Aston uh, the Aston Spirit or the Origin. You have to buy the kit in order to get the um, the shock mount. That yeah,
0: goes with it. or you yeah you're looking at aftermarket or getting into something that's so proprietary that there right. is no aftermarket for it, and you kind of have to deal with the highest ticket price yeah. option in order to preserve
2: functionality for sure, for sure. Which can be which can be challenging. Like the Austrian audios, I like them. Uh, I love the microphones, but the way it mounts into its shock mount is kind of proprietary. Mm -hmm. Um, It, you know, it's not threaded, whereas like the Soyuz is threaded. So I can put it onto, there are some other shock mounts that it will fit into. The OC, um, the Austrian audios, they're not. So you look at that and you're like, wow, I could, I could, I like the way that, that Austrian audio sounds, but then there's this, you know, this other part of it to, to consider $150 shock mount. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why like, you know, for my YouTube channel, I bought, you know, I have uh, the aftermarket, the Rycote ones, um, Mm -hmm. whose name I can't say from here, but they have a couple of different ones that have like these, um, if you if you get a Christmas tree what do you call it where the nuts they, they sort of clamp in from four angles to hold the mic in place yeah. So sort of a kind, a kind universal of a bayonet, shock mount. a bayonet
0: kind of situation
2: yeah 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 uh, you know some of the microphones have have appendages that stick out the back this is the the warm audio wa 8000 and it's got this big big ass heatsink. In the that back. Is ridi- I mean,
0: no offense. That is ridiculous looking. It looks like a, a water pump for your
2: jacuzzi. <laughs> I mean, they're aping the uh, the the Sony, right? Uh, you know, the big, and that's got like this big thing on the back. But if you're so, if you're just listening to it, the warm audio. Imagine you know, it's got the the studio microphone that sticks up, and it's got this big ass wart that sticks out <laughs> the back of it too. Um, you know, and it's I'm sure it serves some functional purpose, but it's uh, it's you know makes it harder. Makes it harder to to use. Um, Mike uh, arms, the scissor arms. Length matters. Uh, right. Sometimes they can be too long. Like the in my four by four whisper room, if the if the arm is too long, it actually you can't get it. Yeah. You can't get far enough away from. No, you it can't
0: cantilever it properly. Yeah. And so, yeah.
2: And uh, many times the tubes on those are square. So if you buy certain pop filters that are designed to go around round tubes, the, the pop filter arm doesn't work. I, I know uh, for my Stedman pop filter, mm-hmm. I had to buy a little tiny adapter, right. a little that, wedge, yeah, that will uh, that will conform the round tube to a square tube. So all of a sudden it will clamp properly instead of having to like wind it down or stick a, you know, a dowel or a pencil. I remember that was what I used to do. Right. I used to stick a pencil yeah. in there and squeeze that.
0: And then of um, course in the middle of a session, it suddenly does the tink like that and, you know, ruins yeah. the take. So that's yeah. only happened yeah. to me a dozen or so times.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. You know, do you want to be able to put the mic through the desk, the mic stand through the desk? Does it want to be on top of the desk? If it's going to be on a base, is the base heavy enough so that the mic won't tip it over? Right. Um. I know I bought extra five pound five pound um, barbell See, yeah. plates to weight to weight the microphones down, because sometimes the heavier mics, like I have a, I had this one as a prop. I have this this old had microphone. Sure. Which is huge by, bi- yeah. you know, you look at the, the, the Soyuz. I swear to <laughs> God, it's the size of a football or a thermos. <laughs> and it's heavy, right? This yeah. Is no, like it's got to th- be about, about seven pounds. It's really, it's really heavy. It's a lovely sounding microphone, but if I put it on this road arm, it just slides. Uh, it just yeah. slides down. so you That's like, sure Yeah. That
0: was it. the problem that I had with the, uh, you know, one of the biggest pardon me this could be a terrible <laughs> pun and i'm going to own it up front uh, one of the biggest buzz microphones the last 2 years has been the neat king b2 which yeah. don't get me wrong absolutely fantastic <laughs> sounding great. mic great. the the self noise on that is absolutely ridiculous yeah and so is the microphone the thing wait, i mean you might as well hang a sandbag off of there i use uh blue compass arms and yeah i immediately had this thing doing this to the point yeah. where i I'm was aff- i had to use a pliers to tighten it because it just kept slipping, it just wouldn't finger tighten on the mm-hmm. arm. Right, you know those are all real considerations. But at the end of the day, uh, again, you and I really come to this at the same place, and that is just get a damn microphone. Yeah. Get a microphone to start, and yeah. the journey is going to be the thing that tells you where to go next. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. I um, sure. neither one of us really likes the idea of the microphone being the thing
2: that precludes you from taking a swipe at this. You know, it doesn't, I mean, certainly, uh, I, you know, for voiceover, we certainly want to have crystal clarity and stuff, but I, you know, I've been watching like, uh, Marquez Brownlee on his, uh, second channel where he's doing it all on a phone. And yep. I think I did a video a while back where I did, I used my phone. Yeah, we both got a video phone. of that.
0: Just take it into
2: your booth and, and the environment I've, means everything.
0: I did an audition that got me uh, a really well-paying gig. I did that audition, which was not a small audition. It was probably a 500 word read. I did it in the bathroom of a motel, you know, with, with, uh, with, uh, the cushions from the couch propped up uh, around the sink to block the mirror. Um, I got that (laughs) off of an open air recording because I knew how to treat that particular circumstance, that particular environment and how to address that as a microphone and not as my phone.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and it yeah. just tells just you the, the, the environment. The environment is 99 I could have I
0: could have just started the show that said, it's the environment,
2: kids. And <laughs> that would have been good enough. And then after that, you know, it's, uh, I, I think of like the DAW as an instrument you have to learn. Yep. Right? If you learn how, why EQ, why compression, when to use it, when not to, what is the compressor actually doing, as you start to gain more experience and you start to learn those tools, then that one microphone can then sound like not only the placement in your room, make it sound like 20 different mics, but then you can really make it sound like a million different microphones. Exactly. And, and so and you give me a great
0: million. stepping off point to pimp you. You uh, have a number of great resources on Reaper online, but you also offer consultation and studio listens.
2: Is that, is that correct? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. So I have a I have a free course on on I, I wanted to make sure it was accessible to everybody. So I have a free course on how to set up a really inexpensive DAW called Reaper, how to really make it optimized for voice work. At least the voice work that I do. It's it's you're just getting all the optimizations that I've learned for 10 years. Go over to academy.boothjunkie.com. It's free. Doesn't doesn't cost anything. I'm not pushing into my funnel. Uh, that That's free. Um, and then if you do say, I need to know something specific, or can you help listen to my booth? Could you listen to my recording and give a second set of beers? You can come over to boothjunkie.com and just book a time with me. I do half hour, hour increments. And we'll just talk about your very, very specific problems and uh, or Lack of problems. If was, You don't want to talk about
0: my very specific problems, brother. <laughs> Your audio problems. Your audio <laughs> there problems. There you <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to come hang out with us and kick ah. off this new adventure of mine. And again, everybody, you can go to the links down below to find YouTube links for Mike and Mike links for Discord and all sorts of other relevant information. But uh, again, Mike, thanks so much for being with us and thank everybody out there for joining us on Booth to Booth. We will see you next time. Take care, bye-bye.
1: From the beautiful Pacific Northwest, this has been Booth to Booth with Andrew Scott. Booth to Booth is a Narrowband Broadcast Network production in association with andrewscottmedia.com. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Our theme music was written and produced by Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative. Christopher Vacano, webmaster. Available at vacanocreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott. Available at andrewscottmedia.com. Got topic ideas, questions, or comments for the show? Email us at patchin at booth or by simply clicking the link in the description. On behalf of host Andrew Scott, I'm Gwen Steele. From our booth to yours, thanks for joining us. See you next time on Booth to Booth.
0: NBBN. The Narrowband
1: Broadcast Network.
0: The focus is on you.